guys. Welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. If you would like to get notifications of our latest episodes and want to join us on our journey through Exodus, be sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. We are on most podcast platforms. Just search Allergic to Grace to find us. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about Exodus chapters 15 through 17. But to pick up where we left off last week, let's quickly recap what we saw in 12 through 14. In chapter 12, God instituted the Passover, which was communicated to the Israelite people through Moses. The blood of the Passover lamb spared the Israelite people from the destroyer, who came commanded by God to kill the firstborn of the of everyone in Egypt who did not have blood on their doors. The Israelites were hurried out of Egypt by the Egyptians and Pharaoh himself. They went and wandered in the wilderness, guided by God day and night by the pillar of cloud and fire, till they came to the Red Sea. Pharaoh pursued them, wanting to destroy them. But God, through Moses, parted the Red Sea, made sure his people got to safety while he drowned all of the Pharaoh's forces. And that was it, right? That was it. Sounded good. Now we are opening chapter 15 with a song. Victoria, please take it away. No, I'm not singing. (laughs) Um, So the chapter 15 is strictly just the song of Moses for the most part. And I was a little... A little taken aback by this, to be honest, because, you know, I thought the songs were were reserved for the Psalms, but we can have songs in Exodus. Yeah, we can. <laughs> we song, do. We do. <laughs> the Song of Moses is a celebration of the Lord's deliverance um, from the Egyptians, yes. from Egypt, the Red, Red yeah. Sea, the yeah. Exodus, everything. Um, what confused me a little bit was like okay so this is the song of moses and they have been spared by crossing the red sea you know on dry ground while everybody else was drowned and they just burst out in song and worship after this happens but like moses and all of israel sang the song together did he sit down write it out put past pieces of paper around be like we're gonna sing this at noon on this day yeah (laughs) like what happened I'll be honest with you. I guess I didn't really think about that. I don't know. Maybe it was like... Because I'm thinking like a musical right now where like you're just like, okay, this is not in any way real life. Yeah, I don't know. Because people would not know all the moves. They would not know all the words. Like, I don't understand. Did they rehearse? Right? (laughs) I don't know. I guess that was a rabbit hole I didn't fall into. Well, maybe... Okay, well, maybe I didn't fall into it either. Maybe it was like, you know how people like will sing and other people dance and just do the you know their little thing like humming or whatever in the background maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know the the first verse maybe it was supernatural intervention then moses and the people of israel sang this song to the lord saying blah 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 blah. and it it refers back to a lot of the things that just happened yeah and so so maybe it was something that moses came up with while traipsing through the Red Sea and like doing all this stuff. Maybe it was a couple days after and he had just been singing a song and people just caught on. Yeah, I honestly or, have no idea. I didn't even think about it. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it was supernatural intervention where no God idea. put the words in his head and he sang and, it, and everybody just knew. Yeah, I have no clue. Didn't like I, didn't the chicken. Even... No, 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 yeah, no. you just know it. <laughs> you just know it by heart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those interesting just little things because nobody really knows. Like everything I looked up about it was just like Moses and all of Israel sang it. Yeah, like that's exactly what we I don't saw know as if well. it was. I mean, I didn't look too far into like no. did everybody sing it at the same time or yeah. how did that work? I don't know. But so the first three like little sections of the song it says, "I will sing to the Lord for He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has been thrown into the sea." 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. So I kind of broke it up into like little sections of how I looked at it. Mm -hmm. So the thrown into the sea is a common, very, very common theme throughout the entire song that, you know, the events of the Red Sea. It was, hello, you just walked through a split apart ocean. Yeah. It was very Yeah, they prominent. I think they reference that. They reference a million times that the Egyptians were overthrown by God's hand, yes. that they were drowned by the sea, yeah. that they sank like stones. Like the fact that they drowned is very prominent throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I like that just because, you know, they're acknowledging that they cannot save themselves. They need a savior. They need a rescue. Yeah. You know? Um, it was one of my favorite verses. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your child chose the favorite verse this time, okay? Yes. Um, the This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. So Israel saying, this is my God, right, is like the acceptance, the acknowledgement of who he is, even though they have a lot of trouble with that, Yeah, as we'll see. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of brought back to mind jacob exactly you know because he kept saying like my father's god you know the god of abraham the god of isaac and then he eventually was just like this is my god Mm -hmm. you know exactly personally accepted yes and then my father's god the second verse after that echoes chapter three verse six when god was talking to moses in the burning oh yes it does it says and he said i am the god of your father the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob yeah so it's the God of your father. It's just yes. echoing back that first time that God told Moses what was going to happen. Yep. I had a I had a bit of trouble with this part too. The the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Yes. Because you don't you don't picture God as being a man of war. Right. Not in that sense. No. Not to have Not war to the sense over like, that we yeah that we know war exactly. But at the same time. I mean, he kind of is. Yeah. I mean, everything he does is for a reason and for a purpose. Yeah. Well, he also fights a invisible battle that we have nothing to know about. There's a whole entire other war happening. Yeah. Um, There was a couple of references my Bible made about the Lord being a man of war. Uh, Revelation was one of them. Yes. Jesus coming in on a white horse, being ready for judgment, ready to declare war, basically. Yeah. Um, And then it also references the fact that God fought for them against the Egyptians. He moved between them. And the Egyptians even said God fights for them against the Egyptians. Yeah. So he is a God of war. He is. Okay. Moving on to the next couple of verses of this song. It's actually a very long song. It is. It's almost the entirety of the chapter. We're going to probably skip around a little bit, but it's okay. Pharaoh's chariots and his... mm, Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and he ch- his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down the- into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries and send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils... <laughs> The blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, the flood stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. So again, we see the common theme that the Egyptians were 
sunk in the that Red Sea. That must have been a pretty big deal. By God. <laughs> I mean, it, what, imagine an entire army. He had 600 chariots. Like, they had to have been thinking that there's no way they were about to die. We are all about to die. Yeah. Uh, what? The the uh, Israelite people? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course they were. Remember, they were like, I would much rather be slaves and be yeah. slaughtered by them right we now. We should have never come. Exactly. We should never have listened to you. They had such little faith. But anyway, so we see the recurring thing, theme of the drowning of the Egyptians. Um, I want to point out the right hand the right hand um, verse. What does it say? Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Remember a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the right hand and what it meant about how Jesus sits on the right hand of the Lord and about how the right hand specifically talks is representative of what skill and power. Yeah, I think so. So God had skill and power in bringing the plagues and doing all of that. He had skill and power in rescuing the Israelite people from Egypt yeah. in the entire Exodus. So by them saying your right hand, it just means a lot more than just his right hand. <laughs> exactly. Also, I also think that your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy, is specifically talking to Jesus because Jesus was the pillar of fire. Yeah, that's Jesus very was true. The pillar of fire. Yeah. He stood in the middle. I never thought of and that. Did yeah. All of that. I think that's a very good point. So, and it's just kind of funny that he sits at the right hand now. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you think he would sit at the right hand before God, before he came, right? I would imagine so. But I don't know, too, don't because know. it says, I will take my place. But he says he'll return home to his father and take his place. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Well, who else would be there? Would it just be empty? Like, where would he be if he wasn't already, if he wasn't already at the right well, hand of his father? he had to earn his place. Yeah, but he's God. But he's God. Oh, gosh. We're in a rabbit hole. Yeah. No, that's for the New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's where my mind wanders. That's how we get in these situations. Um. So the verse is about the actions of the Egyptians. It says, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake. Yep. That was the intentions of the Egyptians. I mean, and that's basically what he said. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to pursue them. I'm going to overtake them. But the next couple of verses, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword and my hand shall destroy them. It goes beyond the events of the Red Sea and represents like the pride and the desire of the adversary of the Lord and his people, you know, just divide the spoil, destroy them. Like if you think about the enemy and think about the people who outwardly opposed the lord like that's what they want to do they want to divide christians they want to destroy them yeah so where did i end off 10 blew your wind yeah yeah okay so, so who is like you O lord among the gods who is like you majestic in holiness awesome and glorious deeds doing wonders you stretch out your right hand the earth swallowed them you have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed you have guided them by your strength to your holy abode the people have heard they tremble Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Philistia? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone to your people, O Lord, pass by. To the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. So basically the end of it is talking about the surrounding areas of Canaan and about how what happened in Egypt has spread throughout the entire land and how people are 
hearing of these stories or hearing of the Lord and they're afraid as they should be. (laughs) Absolutely. Because they don't follow Christ. Like they don't follow God. So like they're pagans. They're exactly worshipers of other gods. Edom, Moab, um, the inhabitants of Canaan. Like those are all people who descended from what? Well, Edom is Esau. Esau. And Moab is. um, Oh, my goodness. It's Esau too, is it not? I don't remember. Let me look it up. The son of Lot and his oldest daughter. So Lot and his oldest daughter's son. Okay. Because remember that situation. Yes, let's, we've already covered that. Yep. So that's them. So they're all people who are not God's chosen yep. people who are not from that Abra- chosen line. Chosen line. Yeah. The Abrahamic. Abrahamic line. I want to say Abrahamic, but it's not. It's Abrahamic. I always say Abrahamic. Abrahamic, but that's not even close to being accurate. I think Abraham's it, it, line. It's Abrahamic, I think. Because Abrahamic. Yeah. Hammock. It'll be easier when we get to the mosaic government. Of what? It'll be easier when we get to the mos. Isn't it called like like later- the mosaic law? The mosaic yeah, the covenant. mosaic covenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be easier to say mosaic. We're almost there. Anyway, so yes, the people are afraid. The rest of this verse, or like the rest of the middle of fifteen, is just talking about people. Um, being drowned again pharaoh's men being drowned his horsemen all of his chariots being drowned in the red sea um even though the the people of israel walked on dry ground um and then moses's sister who's not called that in this by the way no she's called then miriam the prophetess the sister of aaron not sister of moses sister of aaron sister of aaron even though she's the sister of moses she is the sister of both took a tambourine in her hand and all the women went out with her with tambourines and dancing and miriam sang to them the first two verses of this song of moses sing to the lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider has been thrown into the sea i added some words in there but it's still it's good yeah it's fine (laughs) why do you think they didn't say moses's sister i think because he's god's chosen leader and he's set apart yeah and i think also too because aaron is the voice like while Moses is the leader, Aaron is speaking for him. And in this instance, Miriam is being, I hate to say listed, but is like being noted as being a prophetess. Mm-hmm. And so Which as, is very surprising to me that women were a prophetess because like the word of women was not regarded as anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. like even even in the New Testament, when the women are the ones to go and tell the disciples that Jesus's tomb is empty on that Easter morning, like the fact that they attributed that message to women just further proves that it was true. Number one. Yeah. Because the voice of women was not to be. No. Trusted, How many times have we gone over this already? You know, in all the past episodes, especially throughout Genesis, the rule of the the rule of the of the woman is made very clear for the role yeah okay, and not by god the, yeah. not necessarily by, by god but by society that their main role was to bear children yeah and if you couldn't you were useless and they just went and got another wife but another you know, woman the words of women not being believed by men um we know things probably comes from ptsd from the garden let's be real yeah very true like one of those just, just built into the dna d- yeah <laughs> let's not make excuses for them <laughs> listen to your wives sirs (laughs) for everyone's sake (laughs) especially for us other women except if she's telling you to sleep with another lady to to have a baby yeah then don't don't, don't we know that that. never works out it doesn't work out so so anyway i did want to ask you a question before we moved on into the remainder of 15 oh yeah 
I wanted to pose this question to you because I was listening to, you I'm know, is it a hard question? I might not no, know. No, it's just like a, it's just like a, like a, I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to say ethical, but like maybe a moral question. Sure. sure. Like I have a, how you feel. Okay, yeah. I have time. This pride. Um, <laughs> how many times we you talk about that? <laughs> that was pride right there. Forgive uh, me. <laughs> um, so I was listening, you know, I've been listening to that, um, show i guess you could call it on yeah. the on the daily wire by dr jordan b peterson yeah. the exodus and yeah. he ha- has all of these different experts you know from sure. different types of things and the the doctor that is he's jewish doctor yeah he's a doctor like, like not an md or, oh, okay. like has like a i don't know i'm sure some type PhD, of yeah probably. philosophical or oh, okay. theological like something ethical yeah something PhD. like that okay, cool cool at any rate, he um, said, you know, at the end of this, he asked a really good question. I was like, I never even thought about this. He's like, but how do you feel about people celebrating the death and destruction of God's creation? Are we talking about in this case and, in, 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 you know, I guess, I mean, in general, but like specifically in this case, because it the way it's kind of like set up is like they crossed the sea, they watched him drown and everyone started partying, I well, guess, yeah. and singing. Yeah. Um. He said there's like kind of I forget what it, what resource exactly he referenced, but like it's extra biblical. And I don't know if it's something that the Jewish people use, but like it's it's some kind of book that says that the, there were angels that were um, singing and praising with the people about all these Egyptians dying and that God reprimanded the angels that said, you don't get to celebrate the fact that I just had to kill my creation. Yeah, I. OK. <laughs> That's a great question. Right? I had to think about it. That's a great question. I think being on the winning side and seeing, I shouldn't say winning, but being on the chosen side of the fact that God has not come this far, as in he started from Adam and Eve, went to Noah, had to kill his creation all over again with Noah. And then he comes, kills Sodom and Gomorrah, like all this. And then, you know, he proceeds to go through Abraham to get all the way into all these generations to Moses because the line of Jesus does not come through Moses. It comes through Judah. Correct. The the son of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he didn't do all of this work to, to get all of these people here. This is his plan. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think being on the winning side of that and knowing that you are um, on the chosen side of things, having a song celebrating the redemptive and salvation and the mercy that God has shown you and giving it attributing the fact that he did kill all these people to save you to him is appropriate. Um, now (laughs) if we're talking from just an outsider standpoint, like what if you like, okay, what if you were like, this is like you have no context to the story right you are maybe a new christian or you're not not a christian yet but you heard the story about moses you know parting the red sea this group of people the israelites who you know nothing about we don't you know didn't go just spend half a year going through the book of genesis (laughs) you know learning about how they got to this point you hear that they got to go through and be parted you know saved in the red sea but then the lord just essentially drowned this other group of people yeah i think it's incredibly unfair not 
looking at it from a biblical or divine or knowing the attributes of God's Mm -hmm. perspective, it's incredibly unfair. Because like, if you think about it, like in today's terms, you know, the people who went after the Israelite people were following orders. Yeah. You know, they were following orders by the Pharaoh to chase after the Israelite people and they were welcomed by death. Yeah. And I think too, uh, and I mean, at the same time, if we're talking about killing God's creation, like he came through and killed the firstborn of every family. But my thing is, is like this entire first, what are we in? 15 chapters now of Exodus has done nothing but prove that God gives you free will. Pharaoh Mm -hmm. could have very easily let everyone go. And not that I'm, but number one, God is just. So he wouldn't have just done that for no reason. It's not like he just did that to do that. I guess the way like after hearing this question, like I've been thinking about it and I'm like, when I read this and like when I was, you know, my initial thought, like when I was first reading this before I had heard this question posed, I guess I didn't read it from and I'm sure you didn't either, but I didn't read it as viewing the fact that they were celebrating the like the, mur- I don't want to say murder, but like the killing or the yeah. drowning of these people. Like when I read it and when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking of like God's salvation. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, his redemption mm-hmm. and his holiness and the fact that he just did all of this for me. Yep. You know? Yep. So. I mean, you have to like at the same time, though, I don't I don't doubt that extra biblical text because Oh, yeah. And like, I did not. This was just. Yeah, I know. No, I don't doubt it at all. In the fact that, you know, God is reprimanding the angels for celebrating that. Because at the same time, they're off to think, you know, he probably feels absolutely saddened and yeah, heartbroken I'm over sure. the fact that he had to kill however many people while they are a dot in the universe on top not of to however him, many people. He knows who everybody is, how exactly. many hairs are on everybody's heads. Like, But also at the same time, you have to think, okay, he's an incredibly jealous God. Yeah. He he loves his creation. He wants them to do what he wants them to do, what's right in his eyes. But the fact that there was an entire population, entire country of people who did not know him, that also must have to have been completely well, heartbreaking as well. And the fact that he's giving them signs. I mean, he gave them how many opportunities? 10? 11? I'm sure it wasn't easy. No, no, I'm sure not. But I, so... <laughs> I was just curious as to what after that, like hearing that question, I'm like, yeah. I guess I never really thought of it like that. But that's essentially what it was. I mean, it was. And I honestly like I don't feel weird about it. I don't feel weird about it. No. I mean, and I don't get me wrong. Like, I guess like looking back on it. I mean, we know? do the same thing and, and we don't even we haven't even attributed any of it to God. Yeah. I let's mean, let's be real. OK, let, let's think about it as an American citizen. Yeah. When, when bin Laden was murdered. Did and was anybody sad? Anybody not as American sad? Yeah, that's what I mean. You know what I mean? And like, so I guess the question was, is you know, and you know, that's the same person came back and was like, okay, so then you think like, when I guess for lack of better term, the bad guy perishes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and again, it's not like we don't have documented evidence of the fact that God tried to get him out of this. Yeah, over and over and over and over again. The outcome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's like the whole free will thing, you yeah. know, like you're you you are free to make whatever decision you want. God mm-hmm. just knows which one you're going to choose because he knows you that well. Yeah. 
anyway so i was a, just curious a very about that. interesting question i told you i really didn't have much to say until after we went over that's that okay. no, that's <laughs> a very interesting question because i never thought about it like that you know yep just like yeah all these people are dead thank you so much yeah you're great you're awesome yeah. all these people are dead all these people are dead everybody's gonna be scared of you now yeah. like that <laughs> i mean that's the song that's, yeah <laughs> Anyway, so after the song in 15, we're left at verse 22. It says, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, I'm going to say Marah, they could not. Marah, I think it is. Marah? Yeah. And I'll kind of. Why I think that is because I was listening again to that same. Yeah show i don't know if you can call it a podcast but anyways because he said he said you know and i'm sure we'll get into this but mara means bitter okay yeah and then that makes sense and then later on in this testament when we or later on in the old testament when we learn and we read about naomi when naomi returns home you know they're like oh hey naomi blah 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 she's like don't call me mara for life the the almighty has made life bitter for me oh so that's why i think it's pronounced mara oh yeah we'll get into oh okay that's a whole story mara we're going with mara they could not drink the water of mara because it was bitter therefore it was named mara and the people grumbled against moses saying what shall we drink and he cried to the lord and the lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet so we have the people of Israel being, you know, into They're the grumbling. wilderness. They're grumbling because they don't have any water. Mind you, it's like two million some people with yeah. flocks. Yes. So the fact that they don't have water is kind of it's problematic. A problem. It's a problem. And that's like one of one of what? Three basic needs? Yes. So, you know, they're grumbling to Moses and then Moses asks the Lord, even though the, the Israelite people really should have just been like, hey, God, can you help us out? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, we don't have any water. Uh, why don't you do something about it? Yeah. Moses? Yeah. What I read and I can't remember <laughs> if I was reading it in my Bible is, is that, I mean, yeah, they were they were grumbling to him, but they were also grumbling about him. So oh, yeah. like they were complaining mm-hmm. to each other. They yep. were like yep. amongst each other. Yeah. Yeah. So. I got dug into the scientifics of yes, this law. Yes, good. Because <laughs> I really didn't look up a whole lot. Well, you know, in in regards to, I mean, if you were if you were like the Israelite people, if it were I me, I would have gone up to Moses and I would have been like, "Hey, why don't you stick your magic stick in the water and see if you can't make it stir, nice?" Stir. You know, instead of doing some sort of quote unquote miracle god showed moses exactly what to do mm-hmm. instead of telling him hey you're gonna part the red sea with your hands he's like hey here's a log put that log in the water mm-hmm. it'll it, it makes something happen yeah like it was divine while also giving the people something physical that they could actually see yeah yet again catering to our humanity exactly so what i found on oh Maybe enduring word. I don't uh, remember. The internet. The internet. <laughs> Google. On the Google. Um, so it says the chemicals in the sap of the broken limb drew the mineral content down to the bottom of the pools and left only good water on top. He further speculates that though the waters were now drinkable, there was still a significant amount of magnesium and calcium content in the water. Do you know what magnesium and calcium does in your digestive system? I'm just thinking, oh, no migraines. It acts as a natural laxative. Oh. So the laxative effect 
of this would clean out the digestive systems of the children of Israel, cleansing them of common Egyptian ailments such as amniotic dysentery and a word I can't pronounce, a weakening disease common amongst Egyptian peasants. In addition, calcium and magnesium together form the basis of a drug called dolomite, which is used by some athletes as a performance enhancer in hot weather conditions. At Mara, God provided the right medicine to both clean out their systems and prepare them for a long, hot march to Sinai. Very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. All I did was look up how, like, how it tasted. Not only did God bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, they brought Egypt out of the children of Israel. Physically. Physically. Yeah. Look away. Look away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. Physically and spiritually. So. Yes. So, yeah. So the water would have tasted super salty, metallic-y, mm-hmm. like the ocean. It's bitter. Think about, like... I don't know how to, you know what that taste is when like you drink water out of a building that has old pipes oh yeah and you can like taste the iron almost mm-hmm. that had to have been what it tasted like or like and it makes ocean your mouth water. drier than yeah. it actually or like ocean water like well so i'm thinking like have you ever been to a natural spring yes okay have you ever been to a natural salt spring no oh well I, i'm assuming it's like a natural salt spring well 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 it's making my mouth Do you remember dry. that time we went to the Ritz and sat in the salt room? Yes. Like kind that, of like that, but it's water. But not relaxing. Yeah. So my Bible said, you know, they do not yet trust the Lord's presence with them is sufficient for their protection and provision, which will be a recurring struggle in the journey to Sinai and ultimately lead to the situation through which this generation of Israel will not be allowed to enter Canaan. Hey, my Bible says so, the same thing. Yeah, it's, they're both by, I think, by Crossway. And another thing, too, I kind of wanted to, what's ironic is, is that the Israelites just went through and we spent the first 30 minutes of this episode talking about how they were praising him for drowning the Pharaoh's people or drowning the Pharaoh's soldiers and stuff in the sea, in the ocean, which is a massive body of water. And now where do they have their underwear in a, in a bundle for over water? Underwear in a bundle. Yeah. Over water. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, well, no, they just had like this three-day celebration of their liberation from Egypt, their escape from near death by the Egyptians, by crossing the Red Sea. They're like all in hurrah, hurrah. And then they go and they start complaining after they've settled and realized the situation that they're in. Yeah. I just think it's interesting to see how like at the beginning of this book, we go from the people's cry in Egypt to the people's grumbles. Like we're at that state now. It's kind of like you pray and pray for something and then you finally get it, but But you don't realize that you have prayed for that and you're actually in that position now and then you want more. Yeah. You could just, all you can do is complain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like you said, God is testing them. Oh yeah. He wants them to trust him and to come to him first, Yep. but they didn't. And what I thought was interesting is I'm like, where I got hung up, I'm like, what's with this log? (laughs) Why are we throwing this log in the water? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the log is a parallel to the cross, wood and wood. I guess it makes it, it comes from, and that's from my Bible. It comes from the water, you know, and life and stuff being bitter. And then you put in the log or the cross, which is the bridge Mm -hmm. and it becomes sweet and you're able to consume it. There's a lot of parallels to the cross, to Jesus, to water, 
and the next couple chapters. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting because I was like, why? That's so random. Why are we throwing a log in there? Oh, that's why. <laughs> Makes complete sense. And Mara, by the way, from what I could see, was an oasis. So like in the middle of literally in the middle of the desert yeah so i just thought that that was interesting makes sense why they need some um yeah uh what is it (laughs) pre-workout yeah yes so basically with this god is telling them you know yeah i can save you physically but i can also save you eternally yeah i mean we can see that now living on this side of the cross but Mm -hmm. everything is symbolic Mm -hmm. you know oh yeah so there the lord made for them a statue and a rule And there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elim. That's what I would say. Where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. And that is the end of 15. Yeah, I just think the description of Elim really... I don't know if that's how you say it. That's how I'm saying it. Elim, Elim. really stuck out to me. It just sounded pretty and, re- and like peaceful yeah. compared to where we were in the beginning. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're under dire oppression. Then we're under stress and worry. And then we're finally free yep. to this beautiful. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's what i think of like when i see have you ever seen that movie oh what's it called lion king um one and a half no what no absolutely not i am you have a child how have i seen that and you haven't we've seen the original one lion king one and a half falls between lion king one and two i don't watch it came out in like tried to watch that and i just couldn't do it because it wasn't as good it's about Timon and Pumbaa. No, no thanks. What? I'm not saying. A, anyway, it's just not for movie, me. In that movie, not for me is what Elim reminds me of the Hakuna Matata place that they found. <laughs> anyway, okay. If you would watch it, you would know. Did you watch The Prince of Egypt? So well, chapter talk sixteen. To me. <laughs> no, but we watched Lion King one and a half. Chapter sixteen. Yes, bread from heaven. Bread from heaven. So they set out from Elim. I'm going to continue to say that wrong. And all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin. That sounds like a lovely place. It does sound beautiful. Um, Which is between Elim and Sinai. On the 15th day, the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate breads to to the full for you to have brought us out into this wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly with hunger. I think meat pots sounds absolutely disgusting, (laughs) by the way. Of course. Of course. Yeah, but here we are. They're in the wilderness of sin. So if that gives you any indication of actually what's going to happen here, um, Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. <laughs> the wilderness mm-hmm. of sin mm-hmm. so they were complaining to moses that there was no food they said um we would much rather be in egypt where we were slaves and had food um than to be here yeah. with no food and die of starvation thanks i can't i can't even israel it's just the audacity, the audacity. And I was talking, th- I was telling you this earlier today, like every time I read the Bible, I am so 
humbled. Yeah. <laughs> humbled. And it's just, it's God talking to my heart and my spirit and just exposing my flesh for what it is. Right. And you were just so humiliated and just. Right. That's why like, ah, we do it. Right. We do what they're doing even still complaining and this really hit home for me like the fact their response moses and aaron's response to the people of israel after they were complaining moses is like you're not complaining to me you're complaining about the lord to the lord Mm -hmm. because he hears you and i'm just like yeah oh crap yeah every time i open my mouth to complain that's exactly what i'm doing yeah because his hand is in everything that was that was a that was a that was a hit right when i read that i was like oh my gosh I need to stop complaining about everything. Like, get over it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Anyway. So that was my learning moment from this episode. God told Moses that he was going to rain down bread from heaven. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. So the whole purpose of the bread from heaven, God is providing for them the necessity that they need to survive physically. But they're, he's testing them spiritually and making sure that, above all, that they follow his commandments, above all, that they listen to Moses because he is his chosen leader. Yeah. Right? That's what I gathered from that. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, he's already, by testing, like, he hasn't given them the Ten Commandments as of this yet, right? No, not yet. But keeping the Sabbath holy has been a long-standing tradition with Absolutely. the Jewish people or the Israelite people. Yep. Um, Like, they knew this from the start. Like. In the beginning, God rested on the seventh day. Yeah. Like they, they have always known that the Sabbath was the Sabbath and they're supposed to keep it holy. Exactly. Rest. Um, the Passover, he instituted in a couple of months ago, basically, um, the unleavened bread and the, the law of circumcision. So like those are the statutes that God has put out so far to test the Israelite people mm-hmm. with this bread. Yeah. And the first test is... Gather only what you need for the day. Yep. Gather only and what you need for the day. And then twice is what you need on the sixth on day. On the sixth day. And then rest on the Sabbath. On Sabbath. Yeah. Keep the Sabbath holy. Keep the Sabbath holy. So Moses and Aaron said that to all of the land of Egypt. Um, and he said, at evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, you shall see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what we are, you have grumbled against. No. For what are we that you have grumbled against us? And Moses said, when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him. What are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Yeah. So it sounds like to me, they didn't even have to ask the Lord for food. No. He just said, I hear, I can hear them complaining. Yeah. And he came to Moses. Yeah. And that's what Moses said. So they gave them the instructions Yeah, I'll just read it. It's 9 through 12. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke, the whole congregation of the people of Israel looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them at twilight, you shall eat meat. And in the morning, you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. So the glory... We've already talked about it. The Shekinah glory of God himself appeared to the people of Israel and he spoke to Moses. It says he spoke to Moses. So could anybody else hear what he was saying or could only Moses hear? I bet you only Moses. You think so? Because I feel like if the people of Israel could, if they, if they 
physically hurt, like if they hurt him, I feel like they wouldn't give Moses and they wouldn't be throwing such a hissy fit. Yeah. Because think about, it, I mean, if how, how satisfied are you when you hear God speaking to you? Right. You know? Yeah. And so I feel like if they could, but then again, too, were they listening? Can you imagine not having the Holy Spirit with you? How all I can think of, like when I think about that, they couldn't hear not, God. No. Yeah. No, they don't have you don't have that inner voice. Right. Because that is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. It's how sad and low, how sad and lonely it is going to be in hell. Because I mean, you there's not. That, but yeah, there's not. <laughs> I, but I just mean, they'll think about it. Yeah. You know, hot like <laughs> and like a lot of times too, i know i'm not built for it <laughs> right. it's not for me no thank you pass. i'm hot Hard natured pass. already immediately no yeah. i'm from the north uh <laughs> we don't do heat heat to us is 75 Negative. <laughs> uh, degrees please um i just think of too like when thinking about that and this, of course, has gone way off track, is how lonely the disciples must have been in those three days from right. when they saw Jesus brutally murdered and yep. hung on the cross. And then he died. Yeah. Because there was no Holy Spirit. And like they knew what it was like to until have the, him. Until the Pentecost, right? Is that what it's called? No. Fine. Never mind. <laughs> what? 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 The descendant is- of the Holy Spirit on the disciples is called a specific day. Yes. What is it called? What it's called. It starts with a P. It's not Pentecost. Pen- something else. What is Pentecost? It's something that happens in the Old Testament. Is that the Pentecost? Yeah. It sounds. Yes. It's another festival. Mm-hmm. Pentecost. Anyway, how just how sad and lonely. That's what I think of. Like how sad and lonely it must have been for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Where are we at? The flakes of the manna. We just finished verse 12. Oh, yes. 16. Yes. I don't think anybody else could hear, but at the same time, he did say, I've heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Yeah, because God hears and knows everything. Yeah. Anyway, in the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, dew lay around the camp, and when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, finest frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall take an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more and some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until morning but they did not listen to Mm. moses some left part of it till morning and it bred worms and stank and moses was angry with them morning by morning they gathered it each as much as he could eat but when the sun grew hot it melted manna the word manna which is what they're about to call it in a couple of verses down translates to it sounds phonetically similar to the phrase what is it (laughs) i have that written down too i just thought that was really interesting what is it what is it what is it what is it? And I think they're about to describe it too. Yeah, they did. Flake, um, flake. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, he just did flake. It's like a flake as thin as frost. No, no they describe Go it in into 31. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that A, they are being tested to listen to Moses and they don't is a fail. Well, that and yes. Okay. But just to make it worse in that perspective... This is a literal gift from heaven. Oh, yeah. This is bread from 
had that and it's not it's not like loaves of bread just being no. fallen on the ground no, like they like, had to gather it yeah, themselves and, and like, they had to make bread with it yeah. make stuff with it did they mm-hmm. they had to does yeah. it say that mm-hmm. oh i don't remember that but anyway um but they you didn't have to work for it you didn't have to earn it they had to work for it for the they had to gather it themselves god didn't put but it I in their mouth mean, no they, they didn't have to work to get the manna the manna just came oh I see it was just saying. there i mean they both had to do their part they had they to didn't... trust that god was going to provide and they also had to go out and get it yeah but other than that they did nothing they didn't have to work for it they didn't have to pay for it oh maybe they i didn't read that earn somewhere. it what that they had to make bread with it yeah and like they had to like mill it and stuff i don't know because it was like coriander seeds like it was seeds in 31 it says now the house of israel called the name manna it was like coriander seed white of taste it was like wafers made with honey i would be curious as to why they think that because it says it doesn't say anything about that in here and i feel like if they had to do anything with it that we would have been told that hold on 1623 1623 when i read it to me bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil to me i don't to me, anyway, again, this is just by all means, whatever. To me, I think he's just talking about what labor you're going to do. Make sure you have it done by this by the end of the day on the sixth day, because on the seventh day, but he's. I feel like he's talking specifically about the manna, though, because in the morning, it said it will be there. Save the rest of it for the morning, and in the past, because it wasn't the Sabbath, it spoiled. So he's talking about bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and the rest that you have left over will be fine. Okay. That's how I read it. Yeah. So I think they had to do stuff with it. But where are they getting the stuff that they add to it? They don't have to, I don't think. I mean, they have water and they have other things. Like what? Spices. From where? The stuff they brought from them from Egypt. But they didn't have anything. What do you mean? They didn't have anything. That's why they were mad. Because they had no food. They had no water. That's why they're out here throwing a fit. I feel like they had other necessities. They had tents. Yeah, but that's not food. We're in a disagreement. <laughs> we're in disagreement. Hold on. We're about to we're about to figure this out. Let me pause it. I tell them now. Update. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. See, I can admit that. I don't think they did. <laughs> I just did it. I was wrong. I was wrong. They did boil it and whatever. Bake it. And bake t- it and stuff. Um I didn't even look at the other biblical references, but the first one I looked at was Numbers 11, verse 8. The people went about and gathered it, and by it they mean manna, and ground it in hand mills, or beat it into mortar with, or beat it in mortars and boiled it in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. I read something that was extra so, biblical I that apologize. I don't know if there's any proof or truth. Are to. you accepting my apology? I accept your apology. Thank you. Um, I forgive you. I. <laughs> I don't. I read this somewhere. It was extra biblical, so I don't really know if there was any like yeah evidence of it or whatever. But I think it was Jewish folklore that was talking about manna, um, about how for the people of the Jew of the Israelite. Are you going to say what I think you're going to say? Go ahead. I might. Um, that manna tasted like whatever they were yes, craving. I heard that also. And that if you weren't an Israelite people, if you were like a Gentile, if you ate it, it tasted very disgusting, I, like yeah. bittery. I heard that also. It was 
on that show that I've been listening to or mm-hmm. watching. Yeah. It was the Jewish man who said that he's like, the rabbis used to tell us that it tasted like whatever you wanted it to be, to taste like. Like, I want steak. Let's eat some manna. Tastes like steak. I want yeah. some cake. Let's eat some exactly. manna. Exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. Like, so if you're thinking of honey, then it's going to be sweet. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Like that gum from Willy Wonka. <laughs> 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 anyway <laughs> we haven't even gotten to 17 and we're an hour in <laughs> <laughs> it's fine um okay we were just about to talk about the sabbath yes so oh i want to also point out the fact that they gathered some gathered much some some gathered little yes and neither one of them had excess or l- less than what they needed Correct. so like even if you didn't do the 100 percent work you still had what you could have like some people were being greedy with it and collecting more than they actually needed, mm-hmm. and they only got the amount that they needed. Yeah. Some people were being lazy, or maybe just didn't have the opportunity to go out there and get as enough that they needed, yeah. and they still didn't go hungry. They got the amount that they needed. Correct. Now, other people didn't listen to Moses, and they were just like, you know what? Let's just save half of this. We won't eat all of it today. We'll save yeah. half of it uh, for tomorrow in case it doesn't come back. That's not having faith. But two, they didn't listen, and it became disgusting and rotten and dank and had worms, worms in it. In it. So. Yuck. Anyway, there just, was your punishment for that. Right? I would just like to point out manna, the bread, Passover, yeah. Christ. Christ refers to himself as saying. the bread who fell from heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When does he do that? He does that mm-hmm. sometime in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. New Testament. New Testament. Okay. Anyway, so on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came to Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is the day of the solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to kept to be kept till morning. So they laid it aside till morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink. There were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord, and you shall not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. Because God rests on the Sabbath as well, and he does not do miracles on the Sabbath. On the seventh day... Not in the Old Testament. Not in the Old Testament. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long would you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. The people rested on the seventh day. I mean, mind you, he gave them provisions for the rest day. Like he had a good reason to rest. Stop questioning him. Just stop. (laughs) I don't really have anything on that. So now the house of Israel called his name called his name now the house of israel called its name manna it was like coriander seed white the taste was like the wafers made with honey moses said this is what the lord has commanded let an omer of it be kept throughout your generation so that they may see the bread with which i fed you in the wilderness when i brought you out of the land of egypt and moses said to aaron take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the lord to be kept throughout your generations as the lord commanded moses so aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept the people of israel ate the manna 40 years till they came to the habitable land to a habitable land they ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of canaan 40 years hasn't passed in this in between chapter 16 and 17 it's just telling us how long being yeah. inserted I guess, because you have to think about it. Moses wrote all of this in hindsight. 
Yes. Um, and then the jar of manna to be placed as a testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that's instituted with the building of the tabernacle and the yeah, it goes Ark in the of the Ark. Covenant. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought so. It's put between the two plates that the Ten Commandments were written on. Yes. Yeah. Um, which we'll learn about later in Exodus. Next episode. Is it next episode? Well, the mm-hmm. Ten Commandments is next. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to 17. 17 is a good one. This is a good one. Water from the rock. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidium. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses, Here saying, we go. Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirst for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Like, they're so dramatic. (laughs) They're so dramatic. Why do you hate me? Right? I don't get it. The last thing you should ever do. No, you should never, never do this is test the Lord. No. It's like asking for his judgment. Don't Mm. do it. Very simply. Don't. (laughs) Immediately no. Right? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? (laughs) They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah. Mm-hmm. Because the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? That bothers me so much. It does. It is the me. Lord among us or not? No, he's not leading you by day, literally leading you by day and night. No, where is your not. God? Like, don't you love it when people ask you that? If he's real, where is he? Makes you want to backhand some people, but see, Jesus wouldn't do that. I don't need to justify you with an answer. Jesus would not do that. <laughs> Anyway, he would flip tables and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Again, we see the people of Israel not turning to the Lord for help, but complaining to Moses about their situation. Yes, and be like, "Why did you take us here? This is your fault. This is all your fault. You're he wasn't kill the problem. Us. He wasn't the problem, but he went to God for the answer, mm-hmm. as the Israelites should have done. Correct. So Moses went. He struck a rock with his staff and water flowed to quench the thirst of the Israelite people, their yeah. physical thirst. Yeah. I have this little excerpt from the study portion of my Bible. I wanted to read. It says the command you shall strike the rock is thus understood to be God's command to Moses to strike God himself with the result that God himself is the source of the life giving water that flowed from the rock. This incident probably provides the background in the new Testament when Paul says, the rock was Jesus. Yeah. Great segue. Jesus was struck by a rod, spear, mm-hmm. and water flowed from him to quench our spiritual thirst. That's correct. That Boom. is Boom. correct. Parallel. Parallel. But who are they to test the Lord? <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Who am I? Like, no. Mm-mm. No, negative. Nope. Don't do that. I feel like this is a response. What happens next? to the test testing of the lord i feel like he he pulled back his his defenses just a little bit he was like oh you want to test me you want to see if i'm really there or not here let me actually not be there for a second let me pull back my 
my protection from you for just a second. And what happens? Are you asking me? Yes. It's a battle. <sighs> I mean, I think he definitely uses this to show them yes. that he is in control. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been trying to show them that. Yes. But, you know. So this is the first time we see Joshua. It is. Joshua. So there's this guy, or this, these people called Emelech. That's how I was saying it in Emelech, my head. Yep. Um, who fought with Israel at Rephidium. So Emelech was the first group of people to attack the Israelites. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To basically move against the Lord. Um, and so Moses told Joshua to go take some men and fight these people. While Moses, um, who went with him? Moses, Aaron, and her yeah. went up to the top of the hill. Here? Whatever. And this is a story of how Moses prayed, prayed the war away. Basically, mm-hmm. as it says, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. While Aaron and Hur held his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with his sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, saying a hand upon the throne of the Lord, and the Lord will have a war with Amalek from generation to generation. Yes. So Moses' hands needed to be up for them to prevail, Mm -hmm. which is the Israelite praying position. They're on their knees and their hands are up. And that's how they're praying. So when I say Moses prayed the war away, that makes a lot of sense that they would prevail. Yes, that's a lot. Makes a lot of sense. Um, well, he didn't do it by himself. No, he didn't. He had help. Yeah, those people. Yeah, whatever, help them. Aaron and her. Yeah. So how do you say that? That's her. her. I mean, it's H U R. Yeah. Her. Yeah. So I think God used this after the whole water thing, like you said, to kind of just like listen. I'm in charge. I have everything under control. I mean. Prayer is life and death. And I don't feel like people understand the power of prayer. Listen. So Mm. in this case, prayer was life and death. Yeah. So God used this opportunity, you know, to not only show his power, but also show the Israelites that Moses is God's chosen leader. So you mess with Moses, you mess with God. Yep. You grumble to Moses, you throw stones at Moses, you throw stones and you grumble to God. And I think too that his hands growing tired and him growing weary shows that number one, like we can't do this on our own and that we are human. Like, yes, God, Moses was God's chosen leader, but he was, he was still a human, Yep, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and then I just had, you know, we'll learn more about Joshua as we go on, but he he has a whole book. Yeah. He is interesting. (laughs) um and then i just i was like okay well why amalek like because you know we hear about like sodom and gomorrah and like the egyptians more than once yeah you know that type of thing and so my bible just had a little blurb i excuse me i just thought was interesting it says no explicit reason is given for the severity of the lord's punish of the lord's judgment on amalek a later reference to the event in deuteronomy says that amalek did not fear god having attacked the people of israel who were trailing behind and tired from their journey the amalekites still posed a threat to israel 
in the days of Saul and David. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So the way they attacked Israel was from behind. They were like killing the stragglers. Wow. And it was just super Cowards. Like, horrible. It said a little excerpt that I found said, had the shame of being the first nation to make war against Israel, had the shame of going out of their way to attack Israel and had the shame of actually fighting against God. So that's why their, their judgment by God is so severe throughout the generations. Like he will not rest until they are gone. Yeah. If God is for you, who could stand against you? Mm -hmm. They attacked his firstborn. Uh, Right. Nobody. Exactly. The answer is nobody. <laughs> exactly. So. Anyway, that was the end of what? Chapter 17. 17. Yeah. So that brings this episode to an end. It does. What's our favorite verse? Our favorite verse that was I don't remember. aided us to be aided in choosing it was my son. Yep. Is 1526. He didn't know what he was choosing, by the way. He didn't. He just picked a number. So mm-hmm. um, saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the disease on you that I put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord, your healer. That could still be applied today. A thousand percent can still be applied today. Yes, it can. It absolutely can. While it is, you know, exactly referencing Egypt and the diseases, but I think they're referencing like Egypt as like, the world and yeah. the diseases of the world not necessarily a, f- a physical ailment you yeah. know like yeah yeah pride. no keep to god's commandments keep to what he has said keep to the the word of christ walk in christ's path and you will be exalted like he will not let the the weight of this world bear down on you and he'll protect you from the world because it is the world that is after you exactly Exactly. And if this isn't proof of over and over and over and over again of God providing for you and wanting he wants to provide for you. Yep. His yoke is easy. Yes. His weight, his burden 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 is is light. light. I think so. Is that the first? I don't remember. I think it is. (laughs) It's fine. So on the next episode, we will be discussing Exodus chapters 18 through 20, and that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. We hope you enjoyed the time you spent in God's word and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening.